This episode is brought to you by AdCentricity, leaders in location-based digital media management. Visit them at www.adcentricity.com. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. On today's show, big one as always, Coke gets with Foursquare to save your parks. Listen up, folks. Finally, an app for chocolate lovers to get excited about. Plus, stories about Visa, LiveShare, Microsoft, our resource of the week, and special guest Carolyn Hodge, Chief Marketing Officer of Locade. Phew! Stick around. Big show. Welcome to episode 86 of This Week in Location-Based Marketing. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether TV, also located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Joining me, as always, Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association. I like that. Can't wait to do this one, Rob. Location-Based Marketing Association. Location, yes. Episode number. We're on location right now. We are. Well, uh, we are doing this a little bit early. We got so much news to get through, and it's such a compressed amount of time. It's crazy what uh, the kind of constraints that we put on ourselves. But I think that's just we we have to get these shows done. That's what we have to do. We have to get these shows done, and it's full, chock full of stuff. In fact, we're not even gonna we're not gonna peddle anything. We're not gonna show anything. We're not gonna try to sell you anything. We're just gonna get right into the stories. How does that sound? Yeah, let's hit it. All right. As you know, we got the top five stories. These are the stories that happened during this week that we think are very significant, that Asif has brought to it up and that think is very, very, very significant that you guys should know about it. We've got our resource. We've also got our great, 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 great sponsor. Sponsors back. We've got our sponsor spotlight. It's AdCentricity because they are sponsoring this thing. We love AdCentricity, AdCentricity.com. We've got our product of the week, and then we've got a great number of uh, a couple of uh, financings and uh, our resource of the week. So we're just going to jump right into the top five stories. And I wish I had a sound effect because if I did, it would happen right here. Like... <laughs> first story <laughs> i know exactly it's terrible exactly i get gonged right off the show if i wasn't hosting it uh listen first story we'll talk about this a live share uh this is a launch this is a cross-platform texting uh service I-, I thought the texting era was we were beyond that the group texting thing uh but i guess we're not no i mean this is uh you know i thought this was kind of interesting in some respects because you know, we we had all the group me's and you know belugas and you know bongos and you know all these guys you know a year ago that were in this space and here we have you know th- this is a um, you know a company that's playing in the Asian market for the most part uh, they you know their um, uh, parent company Coolaris um, you know live shares the product uh, Coolaris is backed by Kleiner Perkins and Dag. Ventures and Docomo Capital, and so they got a lot of big players behind this thing. Um, and so what this is is it, it's a freemium platform, um, mobile and web, um, free messaging, photo sharing, you know, all combined together. So it's kind of like a mashup of That's a groupie plus an Instagram. Live streaming makes um, it easy and fun you know, to create multiple conversations there. around uh, captioning Can we say Facebook? Keeping in touch with family, exchanging notes with your sweetheart, a, and coordinating weekend you know, plans with a guest. Texting and Everyone in the conversation can add their... So, anyways, um, could be challenging uh, to build this, but, you know, maybe in the Asian market, you can uh, you can pull this off. Yeah, uh, right behind you that you don't see, Asif, is a uh, video of this thing playing. Um 
but yeah, this is this is one of those things that uh, that you know we've already got these everywhere, and uh, we kind of went through this uh, a year ago South by Southwest around as you said the Yobongos and the Groomies. So um, I think it's interesting. Now the big thing about this is is traction. How do you get enough people to use this across all these platforms? What yeah. I love about this though, man, is the web version of it. I'm dying. I use Text Plus on my iPhone to interact mm-hmm. with everybody. But I'm dying for a web-based version, and I know that I um, iMessage is coming out with one in the next uh, operating system. Yeah. But you know, when I set up, I spend a lot of time on my desktop doing this stuff. I don't want to. I don't want to do it on my phone while I'm sitting on my desktop. Yeah, right? and that and that's a good uh, you know a good piece of this. And I suspect based on you know who these guys are, who's behind them, um, the kind of capital and partnerships that they have. You know, I know Singtel uh, is involved. Um, and some of the, one of the Japanese carriers. So you know, in terms of traction, to your point, you know, if you start rolling this out through the carriers, okay, I think, you know, at least you have a potential customer base already built in, uh, as yep. opposed to going trying to build this on your own like a group me type of model. So. Yeah, and that's why I, I kind of give the advantage to folks like uh, like Facebook, and they've come out with their own messaging app because they have the yeah. audience that is a, that is already uh, you know willing and able and ready for this kind of stuff. Uh, and already using there you it. Go. So live share, live share, and yeah. I think if you just go to liveshare.com, you will see that video that was playing in the background of Asif, and uh, you can also find a, a, a more information and start using it. What, what? Go ahead, go ahead, use it. I dare you. Let us know what you think on tetheratgmail.com. Second story here, as we're cruising, it's like a land speed record for the first story. Uh, this, this is it's bound to happen when uh, credit card companies like Visa get engaged with on the ground folks like Telefonica Digital. This is a, a good relationship. They've already had a relationship, but they're partnering a little bit deeper with uh, with Telefonica. I, I like this play. Yeah, I like it as well. I think it makes sense for credit card companies to partner with carriers in this way around mobile payments. What you know what I don't understand because I'm not a carrier, nor am I a credit card company. Uh, but I know, do accept donations. Is uh, you know when you look at different um, you know sort of national jurisdictions in the U.S. You have the ISIS project going on with the carriers in Canada. We have the Canadian carriers coming together in the U.K. You have Project Oscar, you know, which is the same thing with the U.K. carriers. You know, you you have all of this going on between you know cross carrier collaboration around mobile payments offerings. And then in parallel, you have, you know, partnerships between carriers and credit card operators. So at some point, you know, you can't run them all. Uh, you got to think, and, you know. So I get the idea. You know, we're testing in parallel and we're we're trying different things. That makes sense. But at some point, one of them is gonna is gonna win out as your as your standardized payment, you know, vehicle. Um, and, and in some respects, from the Visa side of things, I get it because you know, Mastercard announced, you know. Uh, Last week, that they partnered with uh, Deutsche Telekom, so Visa responds by saying, "You know, we partner with with Telefonica." So, yeah. you know, you got the two biggest groups over there. Um, you know, working with credit card companies, um, Telefonica has 103 million customers. You know, across all of their networks. So, it, it seems like a natural. It seems like a natural fit for these guys to get to, to get together. Um, it, but it's much more. Uh, could this be uh, the credit card companies protecting their turf? Uh, because you know, I, I st- we still wonder what's going to happen here in Canada. We got Rogers that has become a bank, or has applied to become a, a chartered bank in Canada. Yeah. And and uh, you start to see this is that we've talked about this so many times. To see who owns the customer, the credit card companies and the carriers. Nobody else. Nobody else has exactly. such an intimate relationship. Yeah, and, and we've said it a billion times. And I think 
it's proving out that way. And these guys are they're going to try all kinds of different things. You know, last week we talked about uh, PlaceCast, their uh, their new sort of mobile wallet uh, offering, or their HTML5 based sort of API uh, in a wallet platform. I actually spoke with uh, Alistair, uh, the CEO, earlier this week about it to get a little more details around it. And I asked him, I said, you know, Visa just announced this partnership with Telefonica, and, and you guys are the key platform behind O2's uh, system in the UK, one of Telefonica's, um, one of the Telefonica group of companies. I said, what does this mean for, you know, your wallet solution? And he's like, no, it, it's it's not competitive. We're still powering these things in the, in the back end, and, you know, these things are all going to run in parallel, and, you know, we're going to see that. I think it's it's going to continue that way. It's funny. It's funny, isn't it? Because when you, you um, if you overlaid a map of all of the relationships and all of the uh, you know different partnerships that have happened about this, this would be about as confusing as can be. And uh, yeah. for somebody, it's very clear. And if you are that somebody out there, please, we'd love to have you on the show as a guest to clarify this whole process because. I don't see a lot of people fighting for my wallet. And when I look inside my wallet, I have standardized items like a driver's license, a debit card, and a couple of credit cards, yeah, right? And uh, that's yeah. not complicated to me. Uh, but this seems very complicated, and I'm in the middle of this industry. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow, um, you know, it, we, we continue to watch and see what's going on, and we'll continue to report on it on the show. And, uh, you know, it, you know there, there's, there's lots of activity. Uh, I'm not sure the consumers are there yet, but there's certainly lots of activity within the, uh, the businesses uh, that have a stake in this. So. Well, I, I, uh, I'm with you on this. Uh, as soon as it becomes not complex and behind the scenes, and, uh, then consumers will start to, uh, start to care about it. So that's yeah. Visa Europe partnering with uh, Telefonica Digital. So very cool. Third story. So what do you, what do you, what do you, take, what do you get when you, when you take a, a successful social media campaign around uh, this guy called Paul McCartney, left-handed guitar playing for the Beatles, right? Um, last surviving Beatle, isn't he? And um, and then you've got this company called Foursquare and this Uber brand called Coca-Cola and a whole bunch of national parks. You got this, right? Yeah, yeah, you got this, which is called America is your park. Um, uh, is is this campaign? Um, I actually like this. You know, you know, as you know, I'm not the the, the biggest proponent of some of the campaigns that Foursquare does. I like the platform itself. Um, you know, I use it. I, I, I check in with it all the time. But it's these kinds of campaigns that I think will start to get you know the real you know sort of average consumer on board. You know, when you can start to tie it to Coke. You know, I don't know what percentage of the of the population drinks Coke or some some Coke product, but I'm sure it's pretty high. Um, and uh, you, you know, it, it's that kind of sort of you know basic staples. Uh, that that uh, when you can connect to those kinds of brands, uh, you can start to drive real adoption. And when you connect it to charity and you connect it to sort of you know social good, um, it's even more powerful. People people really want to do this kind of thing. So, you know, basically what they're saying is this campaign is running right now. It goes until uh, till the fifteenth uh, of, of July, and so they're basically uh, Coke saying use Foursquare, check into your favorite local, state, or national park. Um, and the check-in basically equates to a vote um, in a contest, you know, for basically a public park winning a hundred thousand dollar grant from Coke. So the idea is, is that the more check-ins that a particular park gets, the uh, better chances you have of winning the prize for that particular park. And there's hundred thousand first prize, fifty thousand second prize, twenty-five thousand third prize, 
Um, and you can also vote online, so it's not just through the app. You, you can go to a website and vote uh, uh, as well. Yeah, they're doing it through uh, Facebook. I just pulled it up a little bit there. But mm. one of the interesting things that they're doing here is they're fixing a higher value of a check-in than a traditional vote. So you get 100 votes, the equivalent of 100 votes for a check-in with Foursquare, which is pretty cool. That's right. Because, you know, it's the same thing around customer service is that when I'm standing in line at a counter, don't pick up the phone. Don't pick up the phone. Don't pick up the phone. I'm more valuable than that person on the phone. Don't pick up the phone. Right? I'm in the yeah. store. And it's no, the same no, thing with sure. this. So I like that. You know, and it's a good move for Foursquare in terms of, um, you know, growing that user base, uh, you know, in terms of optics. Um, I actually wonder whether Coke is, uh, you, you know, what, what kind of process they went through to decide to partner with Foursquare on this. Because Foursquare sitting there with 20-something million users, Coke has 45 million, million yeah. uh, fans on their Facebook it's page. Crazy. 45 million fans yeah. on their Facebook page. And every one of those people uh, is going to, now know you know who Fours who Foursquare is. So who pays so who? Whether they actually use it, that's a different story. Yeah. But you know, you got to think there's going to be a significant bump off of a campaign like this for Foursquare. Well, you know, Coke is uh, Coke to me is a uh, is a sleeper. Uh, you check on Tether.tv because there's a couple of videos up there on Coke. I just think that what they have is yeah, a, a completely different way of thinking about the, this mobile technology and the way that they use this mobile technology. Well, you know, people are checking in and, and offering yeah. free dog food or cat food. I mean, Coke is looking at their vending machines as distribution vehicles for uh, digital software and MP3, you know, music files, and and uh, I, I, they just have a different way of thinking. And I love Coke for this. I don't drink the product, but I have a huge amount of respect for the way that they've actually, um, the, the, the way they're thinking about their infrastructure, like phone booths of of your right. Uh, th these Coke machines are distribution hubs, and they can be if they're outfitted properly. And I think that you know what these guys do uh, is uh, is a is a good lesson in in retail, smart retail. Gotta love them. Yeah. Anyways, good job. I, I really like it, yeah. and uh, you know I think it's going to drive some results for everybody involved. And it does good for the parks. So I think that that's one go. of the best things as well. And right now, uh, I had a leaderboard up there, and the uh, the leading park is Pratt Park. With about five hundred thousand more votes than Crawl Park, and then in last place on this, in twenty-fifth place is Shelby Bottoms Park and Nature Center. So let's go Shelby Bottoms, okay? Yeah. Let's go Shelby Bring Bottoms. It up. Shelby Bottoms. Sweet. All right, that's it. Coke partnering with Foursquare. All right, our uh, fourth story. This is uh, augmented reality heaven. This company called Holition. Working with uh, George Jensen on uh, on a line of um, jewelry, but using like uh, gesture based uh, mechanisms to be able to build that jewelry uh, through a screen. Did a really terrible job yeah, there describing. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. So this, this is a guy that yeah, you know, sort of designs jewelry, uh, custom stuff, all kinds of interesting uh, things. Um, and effectively, what they've done is they put uh, you know um, giant you know, digital screen in, inside of the store. Consumers can walk up to these things and um, select jewelry by, you know, sort of hand wave, you know, using sort of Microsoft Connect type of technology. Um, um, you know, a little bit of sort of minority report type of thing in, in this context. So ha using hand gesture to, you know, select, uh, you know, particular bands, select the metals, select the colors, you know, di the diamonds that you want, you know, sizes, etc. So you're doing all of this through you know, sort of hand gesture um, to create the combination of, of the particular piece that you want. Um, personally, I think that it, it's a bit of uh, overkill, um, you know, for something like this. You but, stole my you know, thunder! 
Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, Rob. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I'm with you on that. Overkill is a is a is like a like a, a low end of the scale word that I would use for this, right? It's uh, they, it's something like four thousand options that you can choose from while you're standing there. You can only interact with one customer at a time. It's just it's technology for technology's sake. It's a cool idea. Got them a bunch of press, but but uh, but I think probably more frustration than it's worth. Um, and especially if it's in store, like if it's at home. And you and you distribute this and the ability to do this at home, maybe yeah. that's cool. But uh, yeah, I, I think this is just throwing tech for tech's sake. Yeah, I, I mean, I see the application. I love you know what Coalition does as a company, um, and you know this this sort of idea of gesture based uh, selection of items and you know sort of customization of you know whatever it is you want. I'm not sure that it works in this context of, you know, retail, this kind of retail. Yeah. Um, so, but anyhow, well, uh, you know, it, 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 it's cool. It's really very cool. cool. Uh, it's very cool. But, uh, you know, I, I wonder, you know, what the numbers will be like on this one in terms of how many people actually go through this process, you know, as cool as it is, how many people actually do this. Um, I can't think the numbers are going to be huge, but anyways. No, and and you've always got to look just, at you've always got to look at the. But cost. I like I, I I like that they're trying. Yeah. I like that they're experimenting. I, I'm with you. I I do as well. And uh, but you've always got to look at this at the cost the over the the cost of actually putting this implementing this and then uh, de deploying it and then seeing the difference between what you would typically sell versus what this actually brings in. Um, who yeah. knows? It, it'll draw people to a store, uh, but uh, if it's not in your neighborhood, you're you're not going to be able to find it. So sure. Holition George Jensen, go check it out. I threw a small picture up on the screen, but uh, just do a search for them. I'm sure you'll be able to find it. No problem. So, Asif, you like you like chocolate, buddy? I do like chocolate. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know anybody. I who, love chocolate. I don't know anybody who really doesn't love chocolate. My kids do. I'm a big Cadbury guy. Yeah, I don't know. You're a big Cadbury guy. Yeah, I love Cadbury. I like I like caramel. I like the milk. like. I just yeah. you know every once in a while having a good piece of chocolate, small but a good piece of chocolate. Yeah, really good. So, uh, chocolate lovers rejoice, right? Choco Locate, come on, best name on the planet. This this is finally a, a reason for chocolate lovers around the world, well in Toronto, chocolate lovers to be able to go out and, and spend some money on a smartphone because you are never too far from a piece. You're of chocolate. never too far from finding uh, you know good chocolate when you need it, um, you know based on your location, and and effectively that's what this is. This is an iPhone app. Uh, from uh, a Toronto company, uh, actually, and um, it's interesting. I mean, so ba basically, if you run a chocolate shop, you know, you can you can list your business in this thing. Um, uh, listings are free uh, if you want to, uh, you know, them to kind of feature you or do something like that. You can pay to be featured in the system. So there is a revenue model associated with this Yay. for the. Uh, for the guys doing the app, so I like I like that. I like you know anybody who's got revenue models is 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 a good thing. Um, you know, right now it's uh, apparently Toronto um, and surrounding area, Ottawa, Ottawa. Rob, you, you could try this thing out, buddy. I'm about to. Uh, Vancouver and Seattle, um, and um, yeah, so it's kind of interesting um, what they're doing. They've got uh, city tourism groups uh, working with them, culinary groups working with them. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. So you know, if you want to like do a chocolate tasting or paired with wine event or something, you can uh, you can have that event listed in here, and, and you and they charge for for event uh, 
services as, as well. So there seems to be some revenue models uh, built into this thing. Um, I and love there seems that. to be people using it. Well, you, you know, this is, uh, this is one of those things that um, I love the idea, like a, you know, a wine and chocolate uh, pairing, uh, um, you know, um, event. I'm just doing a search for Ottawa here is that we've got, uh, they got a great website where it has all this and they actually have Ottawa based. Uh, I didn't know there were so many chocolate shops in Ottawa. There you go. It's like two See? pages. Now, now you know where you're going to go to buy some stuff for your wife, and, uh, you know, come anniversary day. Well, I mean, I typically do that at uh, this place called Loblaws, right? I just yeah. like well, Hershey hey. Kisses, right? That's chocolate. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you want uh, Anyhow, I mean, chocolate low cage. Um, you know, I'll uh, I'll check it out. So I haven't had a chance to play with it yet. Um, built by a good friend of mine, actually. As, as I was reading, I, I, I had no idea that he was doing this stuff. So a guy named Lee Dale. Uh, he's one of the founders of a company called Say Yeah, a local agency here in Toronto, where I am. Great guys. I mean, these guys really know what they're doing when it comes to sort of uh, UX and and design principles and things like that. So uh, I'm not surprised to see something like this. But well, they head to uh, Choco, that's C-H-O-C-O hyphen locate, Hello, like, as exactly as it sounds like locate.com. Choco hyphen locate.com. Go Toronto, go Canada. I'm going to get them on for untether.tv. You can be damn sure about that. If you're listening about this, reach out. Let's get John for a long form interview. We'll talk about chocolate for an hour. Forget about mobile. <laughs> Those are the five, those are the five stories. I, you know what? If uh, again, I keep saying this. If uh, if those aren't the stories that you you want to hear, uh, it's your fault, right? You didn't reach out to us. Yep. You didn't let us know. So reach out on tethergmail.com or reach out at asif at thelbma.com. We've had some great feedback. Email our uh, you know our finish approach last week w- resonated obviously very well, and uh, we're gonna have a, uh, you know some follow on interviews with some of the guests there because simply because they love what we're doing, and if you do, yep. let us know. Yeah, think th- we really appreciate the feedback. By the way, if you if you watch this or listen to this during the week, please send us a tweet, send us an email. Yeah. You know, we got great feedback this week from Grafty. Um, you know, we heard from uh, Point. Uh, you Quite know, as pay. well. Yeah, a number of them, so, yep. Yeah. So that's why we do this. We love promoting the industry, and uh, part of promoting this industry is making sure that you know about these companies that are uh, that that we love and that love sponsoring us and today our sponsor spotlight is on our good friends at Adcentricity. Boy, I'm I'm happy that we had them on as a guest last week. Really ecstatic to have them on as a sponsor for the next month and uh, and and we're going to just going to do a little bit of feature on on what Adcentricity does and and I think that uh, for this one, we're really going to focus on really about the challenges of uh, digital out of home and, and multiple screens and planning and deploying. This is a big challenge for a lot of these companies. And this is where AdCentricity really, really shines. Yeah. So, so you know, w- when you think about digital out of home today and, you know, combining that with location-based services, you know, the big challenge in the industry that, that I see out there is, is that, if you're a brand or if you're an advertiser and you know you're you're creating content to place on you know whatever uh, whatever ad networks are out there or whatever digital screen networks are out there the challenge is is that you know there's so many different formats there's so many different screen sizes there's so many different venues uh, you know location uh, or digital out of home networks you know you got you know uh, healthcare networks you've got retail networks you've got you know, stuff in the hospitals, you got stuff in, in car dealerships, you got all these different networks all over the place with digital screens. And it's very difficult for brands and advertisers to figure out, you know, what is the right network for me? 
that meets the target audience that I'm trying to get, that meets the demographic that I want, that meets the locations that I want, where I might might have, you know, product close by that they can, you know, consume. You know, so these things are very challenging, and and it's it's a very difficult exercise for people to understand how to plan, you know, for media that way, and how to buy media that way. And, and I think that's that's a huge challenge in the in in this sort of digital out of home uh, world today. If you're out there, if you're in this space, if you're thinking digital out of home as a as a media that you should be leveraging, you know, take a look at uh, at Ad Centricity. Take a look at uh, at their Ad Central platform in particular. You know, this is all about venue management, uh, you know, and and audience uh, targeting, um, you know, based on locations. So, you know. Check it out. com. We thank them for their sponsorship. We thank them for their support and their contribution. And for you guys out there, by supporting them, you are supporting us. So please reach out. Go to adcentricity.com. All right. That is our sponsor spotlight this week, AdCentricity, AdCentricity.com. Now, we're going to jump right into our product of the week. Our interview today is actually with uh, Carolyn Hodge, who's the Chief Marketing Officer for Locade. Um, and Asif sat down with her earlier this week to have a good conversation. Well, today, uh, it's my pleasure to be uh, sitting down with Carolyn Hodge, Chief Marketing Officer for Locade. Carolyn, welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing. It's great to have our, our members come on and, uh, and share with people. Thanks, Asif. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So why don't we get right into it? Why don't you tell uh, our audience, uh, you know, a little bit about, you know, who is who is Locate? What are you guys all about? Uh, you know, you know, what do you what are you trying to do? Right. So um, just to describe what Locate does, we're a location as a service provider. We provide location coordinates, geofencing, and permission based. Um, marketing services to some of the leading uh, location-based marketing agencies like uh, Placecast, HipCricket, Vibes, and iLoop. And our platform, which is a privacy-protected location platform for network location, um, reaches over 350 million devices. We can reach any mobile phone, um, any type of device that's connected to a network. No app is necessary to download, and um, so what we do is we provide an API to developers to be able to um, get the with the mobile mobile device number uh, get the location coordinates of a particular subscriber. Fantastic. So, um, what you know? Why why are you guys addressing this issue? I mean, and and what I like about it first of all before before we go there is. You know, I love that you're you're a B two B player in this space. You know, what I call a B two B player. You know, you're not out trying to get every consumer on your platform directly. You're not building apps. You know, like you know, Foursquare and all this kind of stuff. You're you're enabling others um, to be successful and leveraging location data. Um, you know, through 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 the tools that you have. But but what prompted you know you guys to do this? Is is there was there some problem you were trying to solve in the marketplace? Was there a big gap that you know wasn't touched? Sure. So the main problem is that, um, and this still exists, is that if you build an app or you're trying to reach, um, you know, a customer base, a, a customer base, uh, those those customers can be on multiple types of devices, and they may be on different carriers. And so uh, the location service that we provide is a network location service. And what we've done is we've aggregated the location uh, from all of the different carriers. So you can 
get a location on a subscriber for AT&T, T-Mobile, Verizon, um, and in Canada, we work with Bell and some of the other Canadian um, service providers. So what we did was we made it possible for you to reach your entire customer base. That was the problem that we solved. And um, we continue to build the reach in terms of how many uh, devices and subscribers you can reach, but we also continue to offer new types of uh, location. So um, handset-based location and network location. Okay. And so, again, in terms of our audience that might be listening to this uh, right now, you know, who, who you're trying to reach, like who's, who's the potential customer for you besides the carriers and, and folks like that? I mean, it, you know, is, sure. it, is it app developers? Is it, you know, what, what, what's yes, the right Thanks. Thanks, Ross. Sorry to cut you off. Um, the, uh, the, you know, our typical customers that are relevant to your, to your, uh, you know, audience are the marketing agencies. So, you know, our key agencies are, like I mentioned before, Placecast, HipCricket, Vibes, iLoop, SumoText. And these are all agencies that can provide services to, you know, the, the marketers, uh, who may be watching this, um, podcast right now, um, and they can help set up the location-based campaigns, SMS campaigns, geofencing, etc. You know, we're really providing a service to them and to the big brand marketers who have their own platforms um, who want to, to add location as one of the demographics for um, creating and segmenting campaigns. Great. And so lastly, uh, you know, just, just to wrap up here, I mean, as we look into the future a little bit, we think maybe 12 to 18 months out, you know, not, not too far out, but, you know, what can we expect, you know, around carrier and network-based location? You know, what, what should people be looking for, you know, whether specifically from, you know, Locade or, or generally in the marketplace, you know, where, where do you see, you know, network and carrier location going? Right. Well, I mean, first of all, first off, just to, to set the, the, you know, kind of the expectation here. In the past year, in the past 12 months, we've seen a, seen a 10 times increase in the amount of transactions that are going across our platform for SMS marketing and other type of marketing campaigns, specifically just in the marketing segment. And so, and I think those have been early adopters. So my impression and what I think is going to happen is we're going to see that, you know, go up again another 10 times. You're going to see a lot more location-based marketing happening a lot more marketers going to these agencies and saying they want to uh, start doing the location-based marketing campaigns. Um, you know, my hope is we'll see a lot uh, more metrics in the market that will show us about the ROI about campaigns and how effective it can be. Um, and then, so for, that's from the marketing side um, of the equation. From the network side of the equation, I think we're going to see um, new pricing that's going to help uh, make this a much more attractive uh, offer for marketers to start to employ as one of one of their um, one of their tools. And then the other thing that's that's happening is um, you know the technology is not really there yet for doing persistent location campaigns where for geofencing. And I think we're go, you know we're working on uh, with some of our partners handset. Um, location technology that can help you actually execute the kinds of geofencing campaigns that people want to do. Right. Um, and so I think that's going to be a big, a big change that's going to happen. Um, and that will be combined with network location. So our, you know, 
vision of the future is, you as a platform can make a decision about what kind of location you need to use, whether it's network or handset or Wi-Fi or sensor-based, um, if you happen to be a retail um, establishment that may have a Wi-Fi or sensor uh, ability. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of new types of location. There's going to be more people using it. It's mm -hmm. going to increase in popularity. And um, so I think the LBMA will definitely uh, be playing a great role in educating all these new um, marketers and new location-based marketers. Thanks. Uh, well, it's it's great to sit down with our members like this and uh, and and hear directly from you about you know where where the vision's going. So I really uh, thank you for your time. Uh, again, for our audience, we've been sitting down today with Carolyn Hodge, Chief Marketing Officer for Locate. Carolyn, thank you so much for joining us on this week in location-based marketing. Thanks, Asa. Yes, so that was Carolyn Hodge. Uh, you know, we're really uh, appreciative of uh, of uh, Locate. You know, giving us their time and sharing with us. It's great when we get LBMA members uh, on the show like that and hearing directly from them. Uh, you know, about what they're doing and and that whole space of sort of network and carrier based location. You know, to our earlier comments when we were talking about Telefonica. You know, this really is, in, in my view, you know. Uh, in the end, going to be about, you know, uh, a big part of it is going to be driven by the carrier. And so it's companies like Locate that are enabling carriers, um, you know, with with, uh, with technology that are, I think, going to be uh, you know, successful in the long run. So thanks thanks to them. Uh, thanks to Carolyn. Thanks to Locate. Absolutely. Thank you, Carolyn, for being a part of that. Uh, really appreciate it. And all of you guys, if you want to be on here, reach out on tethergmail.com if you think you have the chops to go one-on-one -on -one with Asif or myself. This is the place to do it, Asif at the LBMA or untethergmail.com. All right, let's, now it's time for a little bit of funding. One acquisition, two fundings. The first one, really simple. Again, if I had a sound effect, you'd hear like change jingling in my pocket or something like that because that's what this is all about. It's about the money. First one, uh, you might have seen it. I, actually, I pulled up a screen and it had a uh, it had a banner ad with a Shopify. Um, um, it had a website with a Shopify banner ad on it, and it, it's called retargeting. I was just at the Shopify website uh, previously today, and uh, now they're retargeting me. And this is a company called AdRoll that does retargeting, location aware retargeting. They close a little bit of money. Yeah, so they uh, they announced uh, fifteen million dollars in in new funding. This is the second round for them. Um, and it's coming uh, from, uh, it's being led by a group called Foundation Capital uh, um, with participation from their previous investors, which is Excel and Maris. And uh, yeah, so this, this is a uh, you know, significant amount of capital for uh, you know, a, a retargeting player. Uh, um, you know, and I think these guys, you know, they, uh, you know, they're, they're one of the big players in the industry. So you know, I, 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 I think this whole retargeting space is a space that uh, is just poised for growth right now. This idea of sort of you know detecting where somebody is, you know, and, and sensing you know a bunch of data about them, and then you know retargeting the ad uh, based on that data. So, yeah, there's there's going to be a big mobile play here for sure at some point. But uh, you know, in talking with the uh, with the Shopify guys uh, around their their uh, banner placement, display placement strategy, these guys understand it. You know, yeah, everybody says, oh, you must be spending millions of dollars in in banner ad buys, and and it's like, no, no, it's all retargeting. It's all retargeting. It's a very effective way. So the, I mean, it's really simple. The process is you yeah. you land on a website, you you don't fulfill the transaction that is desired. Guess what starts popping up on all these other websites? The banner out of the website that you had just uh, you just didn't finish that transaction. So if yeah, you, if it makes you, sense, yeah. right? And 
you know, to some extent, what I'd like to see is is an evolution of retargeting into other media. So, you know, we just talked about ad centricity and digital out of home. You know, imagine retargeting in digital signage. Yep. Right, yep. and and there's a few guys looking at that space right now, and I think that's an area where we're going to see growth as well. So, Boom. anyways, Avril, fifteen million bucks. Big buy, big spend. All right, second second story. Uh, this is uh, this is an interesting one because of uh, what Microsoft once called the Surface, which was the Microsoft Surface, which was this big. I saw it at O'Reilly's uh, uh, one of the O'Reilly's conference when they unveiled it a number of years ago. It was a big Surface, and it was uh, basically a, p a plane of glass with a computer behind it that did hand gestures. And now everybody's got it because of the I the iPad and iPhone and all the other tablets. Then they came out with something called the Surface, right? And now yep. they've gone out and bought this company called uh, Perceptive Pixel. I have a video here um, that I'm going to just roll because I think it kind of it's uh, full credit goes to um, All Things D. This is their video, um, and I'm only going to play a little bit, but it's a demonstration uh, from about a year or so ago of um, of Perceptive Pixel running Windows 8 uh, in the uh, in the background. And I'm just going to play it. We'll see where it goes. I'll cut it off so we don't watch the whole thing. But uh, here is Perceptive Pixel. And, uh, and there, Microsoft, maybe an early indication of the interest for Microsoft. Here it is. I'm Ina Freed with All Things Digital. I'm here with Mike Angelo, who heads up a lot of the Windows hardware work with uh, different manufacturers. And we're here with what might be the largest uh, Windows PC out there. It, it may be. It's certainly the largest piece of optically bonded Gorilla Glass on a capacitive touchscreen. This is the 82-inch Perceptive Pixel Incorporated um, touchscreen, and this is running Windows 8. So what I showed here was a, the same fast and fluid Windows environment on a screen that's running 100 points of touch simultaneously. You can have 100 simultaneous touch points. And what's really cool about this screen is the optical bonding puts the layer um, of touch very, very close. So there's no parallax. There's no sense that I'm touching something that's further away than the screen. It feels like I'm manipulating the screen directly. So the same kind of touch experience you would get with a phone you're getting on an 82-inch screen. It's pretty cool. I mean, uh, you know, when you start to talk about uh, a, a capacitive touch screen with 100, 100 uh, touch points, um, all, all in a big, big, big screen. You can see the the, the evolution of this, and, and Microsoft went out and bought these guys. Yeah, I really like this. I think this is a, a good move for for Microsoft moving into this space. Um, you know, kind of puts them, you know, clearly, you know, a solution like this is an enterprise solution. This is not, uh, you know, you're not going to have this in your home. Not yet. Uh, not yet. Um, on, a, on a smaller scale, yes, but uh, but not yet. Um, you know, and, and these guys have been around for a while, Perceptive Pixel. They, you know, founded in 2006. Um, you know, the technology, that, that big screen, that big wall uh, with multi-touch, uh, CNN has been using it. Uh, we saw it during the U.S. Uh, election in 2008. Um, you know, that was what you, you saw, you know, every time you were watching CNN in the background where they were, you know, popping up uh, results by state and, you know, uh, marking up with, with pens and all that kind of cool. stuff. It's pretty it's cool. It's pretty cool. Perceptive Pixels technology that was doing that, so now Microsoft's got that. So, good for them. I, uh, you know, I'm really interested about this, and um, and certainly Microsoft is uh, is right in this now. I don't know what they're going to do with it, but uh, but good on them uh, for doing this. Now they got the Surface, and they've got a real Surface, uh, the Perceptive Pixel, being purchased by Microsoft. I didn't see any terms on that. Pretty sure it's, no, it's not know. small, but um, that's good. All right, our last uh, last funding story. Uh, this is a uh, hey, a little company called Pocket Change got a little bit more Pocket Change as a result of uh, Google Ventures. Uh, them putting a little bit of money. What is Pocket Change? 
Pocket Change is interesting. It's a virtual currency platform for Android games. Um, and so obviously it makes sense that Google uh, would get involved since it's Android. Um, so they got five million bucks uh, from Google Ventures. It's a Series A for them. Um, and uh, there's, a, there's a few others involved in this. Um, first round capital, Scott Bannister as an individual, Baroda Ventures. Uh, as well, uh, and Joe Kraus um, uh, is joining the board, as well as um, Mike Jones, who's the former CEO of MySpace. Uh, so I guess you know people do have a life after MySpace, apparently. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but anyhow, um, yeah, they yeah, they they, um, they view their mission as being to go, they want to build the world's first universal virtual currency. Now, Bitcoin was in there, right, as a as a virtual currency. Um, yeah, and uh, this is a pretty ambitious thing to be able to to be able to do. And um, you know, this is I can understand that they're not going to do it with just five million dollars in funding. This is no, and this they they had one point four before, so six 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 and a half almost in total. Yeah. Um, by the way, the company was renamed. Uh, it used to be called Lunch Money. Now it's called Pocket Change. So you, if you've heard of Lunch Money, it's the same company. So which is better, lunch, lunch Money or Pocket Change? Which sounds more? I like Pocket Change. You, you do or you don't? I do. Yeah. I, I think it's a better name. Yeah. I, I, I like it as well. And it, and you know the analogy as as anybody in media, it's like Pocket Change feels you know a little bit more Pocket Change for Pocket Change. It's just. You can play with it so much better. Anyways, they they raised yeah. five million dollars. Google, you know, I, I like these little bets by Google, um, but it's always it's, it's always interesting to me is that Google as they get into the wallets, why aren't they doing this themselves? Are they going to integrate this into the Google Wallet? Uh, is this part of that play? Um, you know, is this just a test? And and uh, is it is it just more cost effective for them to spend five million dollars and invest in this to see what flourishes? And then if it does, then they can bring it into the Google Wallet because eventually it has to end up there in order for it to yeah. be effective. So, pocket change. There you go. Get some pocket change from Google Ventures. Those are uh, two funding stories and an acquisition. I think that my favorite story is the uh, perceptive pixel story in there. I think that that's uh, it's pretty cool technology. Wonder what they're going to do with it. But if you have any idea. Let us know. Also, if you think you should have been in there again, your fault. You didn't get in touch with us. Reach out on tethergmail.com or see if at the LBMA. We'll put your story right in there. We'll take all the other stories out and just put yours in there if you let us know. Please. And while we're at it, before we get into the resource, you have to do two things for me. One of them, if you have a comment about the show and you'd love to be on the show, send us a video. That means upload it to YouTube or your provider, your video provider, uh, and offer us a comment. If you just want to do audio, the same thing. Uh, throw it up somewhere. Send me a link. We will play it on the show as long as it is not as profanity-laced as you want it to be. If you're angry with us, reach out. We can take it. We will not censor these things. We will put them up as they are. We just got roasted around uh, the whole point bankruptcy issue. Um, because the media is calling it bankruptcy. That's what we're doing. So if you have a comment, reach out to that. The second thing I'd love you to do, please, 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 please. If you are listening to this and you're this far into the show, you obviously love the show. Go out to iTunes right now. Subscribe to the podcast. You'll get it a little bit early. But more than that, please just give us a five-star rating on that thing. Leave us a good comment. We'd love to increase awareness about this because it's an industry that we're very passionate about. And we have a great following. We'd love to expand that following so that people learn from it. And also... It's a great way for you to find out about new companies. I had a, a, a Twitter post that came out this week where somebody found out about AdCentricity because of the podcast, and that's what we want to do. So please get onto iTunes, give it a five-star rating, give it a review, and then uh, we would love you forever. Those are the only two things that we ask. That's it. That's it. Or yeah. send us lots of money. 
So you can either send us money or you can do those two <laughs> things. All right, Asif, the resource of the week. Hey, look at this. Retailers, very interested in going local. Go local technology. This is a no-brainer. It is a no-brainer. Uh, so this is a new study. Uh, they surveyed 500 retailers in the U.S. It's from uh, CompTIA. Um, and some, some great data in here. I mean, obviously, we deal with lots of retailers at the LBMA. And, uh, you know, retailers are, are, are talking and seeking information about location-based stuff. And now we've got some data to back it up. Um, so basically, they found that 21% of the respondents... Uh, are already using geolocation services such as Foursquare, and, tw and the, another 28% plan to do so very soon. Um, we've done similar studies at the LBMA and uh, saw similar numbers to this, about 20% uh, adoption so far, and another 30 to 35% in our cases uh, that are planning to do so in the next six months. So, um, so I, I concur with this data. Um, so this is great to see that the retailers are kind of getting on board with it. It's very important. It's very important. But you also can't forget the out-of-home stuff, right? Driving people that are not just local, right. but within a within a proximity. And also, you cannot forget the uh, the couch. Couch is a very important place. you got to get people off the couch to purchase. So there's also got to be that strategy. Three-pronged approach, but local is very, very important. That was on uh, internetretailer.com? Yes. So if you just do a Google search or a search of your preference, whatever search engine you do use, retailers want to go local with technology, or you can just go to www.internetretailer.com and do a, a little search there. It will come up with all those great statistics. Yes, I love these resources because it makes me think a little bit deeper about uh, what it is that how my patterns are affected by this technology. And, um, and you know, great data, great data as usual. And that's it. Excellent. That is it. Land speed record. Um, we would love to hear from you. Uh, as we keep saying throughout this whole thing, if you have any comments, suggestions, criticisms, if you want us to add a section, remove a section, we may not do it. But it would help if you would respond. Let us know. We've had some great comments, and they keep coming a little bit more every week, and, and it's something that we really, really, really thrive on this. This is 86 episodes. We are now like 14 away from 100 I know it's crazy. My math. We're gonna have to have a big party. We should do this live in Toronto. That's what that's what we should be doing. We should do our 100th episode live somewhere at an LBMA event or something to that extent. Okay. We'll just start planning that. Come on. Let's get on it. We'll do it at the next Untether Talks. All right. If you think you should be on the show, if you think you have a product or a service, or you've been funded, or you have an important story, reach out. Let us know on tethergmail.com. Add us on Twitter, that's at Rob Woodbridge, or at Asif Arkan. Uh, let us know, and we will, we keep saying this, we will. If it's timely, if it's in this space, it happened in the last week, we will bring attention to it. If it's a resource that you want us to, to feature, we will bring attention to it anytime. So please, 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 please reach out and let us know. And that is it for episode number 86. Episode number 86 done. Asif, any final parting words? No, just uh, I'm heading out on holiday, so uh, Lucky looking forward to uh, getting a little break. And um, we'll, don't worry, we'll still be doing the show next week. So uh, I'll be doing this live from the uh, from the golf course next week. Bermuda shorts um, and shirts all around. There you go. But uh, anyhow, um, love doing the show. Um, love uh, kind of staying on top of what's going on and, and tracking these companies down. So anyhow. Um, Keep, keep keep the comments coming. Keep keep it uh, positive, negative, whatever you got. Uh, we want to hear it. Yep, absolutely. 
And for those of you who uh, go to untether.tv, there's a great interview. I actually got to sit down with Asif for five minutes and talk about his presentation that he did at Untether Talks. It is a great conversation as usual, but we are live in the same same spot, which is which is very unique. So go and take take a look at that. But I guess we'll see you next week for episode number 87 from the golf course. There you go. Asif, enjoy your first week of vacation. Thank you guys for watching. Cheers. We'll see you next Thanks. time.